Good morning. I was waiting in the back there. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation, Rodney, Pastor Rodney. Well, we're here. We're glad to be here, Pastor Ray and Nancy, on this special occasion. You've, you've actually lived 68 years. You know that, Ray? 68 years. <laughs> 68 years. I, I think you're catching up with me. Seems that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm only five years ahead of him, so yeah. So if you're good at math, you know how old I am. <laughs> anyway, uh, I remember the Sunday when we prayed for Ray, Pastor Ray, to be filled with the Holy Spirit in Lidditz, Pennsylvania at the Lidditz Rec Center, right? And uh, so what a journey it has been for for you, Pastor Ray, since that day. You obeyed the, the call of God on your life and God has used you to impact many people's lives. Only heaven and only eternity will reveal uh, all of that. You become a, uh, a great Bible teacher, Pastor Ray. I listened to your message from last week, Well Advised, part three. And at the end of the message you talked about the two men Jesus talked about in Matthew 7. Both built houses, both heard the word of God. One man responded to the word of God, the other man did not. Both experienced the storms of life. One withstood the storms of life and the other's house fell. Well, you're like the man who heard the word and responded and built your life on the foundation of the word. I've seen that in you for years. You have withstood the storms of life. It has not always been easy. You've experienced difficult times. When Sherlyn and I think of Ray Sensnick, these things came to mind. I, I said to Sherlyn, what do you think, what comes to your mind when you think about uh, Pastor Ray? The first thing she said, well, he's immovable, steadfast, solid. Ray doesn't get rattled. At least I have never seen him get rattled. Of course, I don't live with him. So Nancy, maybe you have a whole different story. I don't know. <laughs> but it always seems to me he's just even keel. No matter what, the same no matter what. Another thing we've noticed is that uh, Pastor Ray loves his family. He loves Nancy and his children and his grandchildren deeply. Another thing that we uh, noticed through the years, and Pastor Rodney uh, touched on this, he's a disciplined guy. I mean, when you eat with Ray, he never gets dessert. So I'm always thinking, should I get dessert if Pastor Ray's here? I don't, you know, probably shouldn't. <laughs> he's always growing spiritually uh, he takes care of himself physically he likes things neat and in order that's why this place always looks spotless not that he does it all but he makes sure it gets done and uh, he loves God and the word he's a man of the word 
studies and, and feeds the congregation consistently, faithfully for 37 years. He's a man of integrity. You know what? That was a good time to, to clap right there. He's a man of integrity, a man of his word. His heart is pure toward God and man. He's a builder. He's a leader. He's a pastor. He pioneered Grace Church 37 years ago. Amazing how time goes. But I remember that so clearly. Five things that have helped us in our journey, meaning Sherlin and I, I see these things in, in Ray's life, and it's a message that I've preached before, but I just felt impressed to preach it this morning because I see this, these things in, in Ray's life. I call it five mottos of life. Five mottos of life. You know what a motto is? <laughs> Anybody know? Y'all okay out there? Smile at me every once in a while. A motto is a short expression of a guiding principle. I think back 45 years when we started out in ministry, we were full of excitement and uncertainty at the same time. We, we, stepped, we were stepping into a new chapter of our lives. We were not sure what the future held, but we had started to become acquainted with the one that holds the future. <laughs> we followed our hearts the best we know how. Four years ago, we were there again because we felt like we should transition our lead pastor role to uh, Pastor Matt Milan. There's a major shift in our life call. And Ray and Nancy are there as well. You all know that going through a transition here over the next three and a half years or so, and that's why Pastor Rodney appeared on the scene. <laughs> when Ray called me and he said, uh, what do you think about Rodney? I said, don't you touch him. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Rodney was on staff at Worship Center in Leola and uh, doing a great job, but I knew that that wasn't his, that he wasn't fulfilling his call to the, to the ultimate. And um, I knew that one day he would be a pastor. And, uh, but I, had, I, I, don't, I didn't had, hadn't put that together. So when Ray called me, he kind of surprised me and I said, well, I said, you know, I'm not the lead pastor anymore. I need to talk to Matt Milan. He's the lead pastor. So um, anyway, long story short, here he is. Just, uh, you know, a wonderful young man. Uh, has a wonderful wife and now a little boy. And, and uh, he will lead this church after Ray hands him the baton. And up until then... I remember when our transition took place, all through those four years, just like this one, Matt and I worked together. And uh, Matt would preach one Sunday, I'd preach three a month, and then two, and then two and two, and, and so on, as the four years went. And um, so 
But by the time June 11 of 2017 came around, everything was done. And all we needed to do was hand the baton. And it was a seamless transition, which I expect this to be as, also, uh, as well. Amen. A seamless transition. I believe that Grace Church has a great future. There's many people to reach in this community and around uh, surrounding communities. And um, I believe that God's going to do great things here. He's going to do them through you. He's going to do them through you, the congregation. But there needs to be somebody here to lead. We all know that. And uh, so I'm looking forward to what the next three and a half years will look like for you and after that. So um, these things, these five mottos I see in Ray's life. Uh, the first one, and some of you may have heard these things, but you know, I like to hear my own stories again myself. <laughs> Somebody's sitting there, who's that guy up there anyhow? <laughs> I've known Ray since 1980. Yeah, 40, 41 years, right? You know my stories. Well, you like to hear them again too, don't you? Yeah. Five mottos that I see in Ray, but all of us can put them into our lives. Number one is keep your eyes on the fence post. Keep your eyes on the fence post. Jesus said in Luke chapter nine, as they were talking, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens, to live in and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. <laughs> Sounded kind of rough. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And when I read that scripture one day, I, uh, uh, something came back into my mind when I was a teenage, 12, 13-year-old boy. I was raised on an Amish farm, Amish family. In, in I don't think the farm was Amish. Well, yeah, I guess the farm was Amish. But I was raised in an Amish family. And um, my dad said one morning, I'm going to teach you how to plow today. I'm thinking, oh, whoa, whoa, that's the big one. And uh, so we got out four mules, Dick and Pete and Jack and Jewel, name of the mules. And um, we took them out in the field, this 20-acre field, looked so big. And we had uh, one bottom plow, one furrow <laughs> at a time. And he said, uh, so we were out there, and he said, all right, for this to go right, the first furrow is going to have to be straight or it'll be a mess by the time you're finished plowing this field. So he said, you see that fence at the end of the field, uh, uh, that post, fence post? I said, yep, I see it. He said, I want you to keep your eye on that fence post. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right, don't look back, don't look down, just look at the fence post. Don't look at the mules. I said, okay. 
So I had a little platform on the plow and I stood up. I said, all right, Dick and Pete, let's go. And so I kept my eye on that fence post all the way out to the other end of the field. And I looked back and that thing was as straight as could be. Man, I was proud. My dad was proud. I think even the mules were proud. <laughs> but I remembered that sometime later in life. Life has many distractions. Ministry in a church has many distractions. And we have to keep our eye on the vision that God has given us. Keep your eye on the vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The word perish here doesn't mean they cease to exist. It simply means that they don't have a sense of direction or purpose in their life. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he who keeps, keepeth the law. Then in Genesis 13, the Lord said to Abram, this was the time when God, when, when God had told Abram to leave his home country. And I know that's how Ray felt when God said, I want you to go to Bible school, get out of this area, get out of, where were you raised? Denver? Denver area. I want you to get out of here and go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I have something else for you. And Ray never took his eye off the fence post, what the fence post was for him. And so God told Abram to leave his home country and his nephew Lot went with him. They all had lots of herds, lots of uh, people on staff, herdsmen, so much that there wasn't enough room for everybody and there was dissension starting to happen. Abram said, we're gonna have to separate, said that to his nephew Lot. He said, you choose and I'll leave I'll, I'll take what's left. Lot chose all the lush green grass towards Sodom. Abram was left with a more desert-like land, a less desirable land. And right there, right there, God said, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, and I'll give it to you. So what do you see? God told Abram, whatever you can see, he didn't just mean with these eyes, with, with his vision, whatever you can see, that's what I want to give you. Grace Church, Pastor Ray, Pastor Rodney, what do you see here? What do you see? Lift up your eyes because God wants to give you what, you what you can see for this church. Ship Center, about a year into it, we took a group of people to Jamaica on our very first missions trip. About 40 people went, and some of us went across the island and had a crusade, and other ones actually built a church building. And um, so I went across and helped with the crusade, and we had a tent meeting, and like four or 5,000 people in that tent. And uh, V.T. Williams was our, was our missionary, first missionary we worked with at Worship Center. And um, so secretly, now you understand I was only 30 years old and, and I was just one year in ministry, and, but I wanted him to ask me to preach at one, <laughs> one of those evenings, but I was scared because I was a shy, shy young guy. And, but secretly, I wanted him to ask me, you got to watch those secret desires because God will give them to you. And so he asked me one morning, Pastor Sam, do you want to preach tonight? Uh, 
okay. So we, I preached that night, and Pastor Rodney, I was preaching for about 20 minutes, and I ran out of stuff to say. Honestly, I did. I didn't know what. I mean, uh, I, I was preaching on the woman with the issue of blood from Mark chapter 5. And 20 minutes, I ran out of stuff to say. Honestly, I just, I just didn't know what to do. So I thought, okay, well, uh, uh, I guess I'll have an altar call. So I had an altar call, and about 20 people came, and you know, and that was great, but there was thousands of people there, so I thought more would come. <laughs> but, so I prayed for them, and then VT gets up, and he's an old-time revivalist. And he gets up, and he starts waving his white hanky, and he's preaching, and he's preaching for about 10 minutes, and he has another altar call, and hundreds of people came forward. <laughs> I'm like, oh, just, I was just totally dejected. So, the next morning, VT comes out. He says, Pastor Sam, swim in your own lane. I said, what? Excuse me? Swim in your own lane. He said, last night you were trying to be like me. I said, yeah, I was. He said, you're not me. I'm not you. Swim in your own lane. Be yourself. Be you. Everybody has created everybody unique. God has created everybody unique. We all have different giftings. We don't, can't try to be like somebody else. I've seen that in Ray all of these years. He was Ray Sensnick, Pastor Ray Sensnick. He wasn't going to jump on anybody else's bandwagon. He was going to be Ray Sensnick, and he was going to be faithful preaching the word right here and wherever God would lead him. We all have an assignment from God. And this is actually Ray's favorite scripture. Or maybe I should say the scripture that he based his life and ministry on. In Acts 20, 24, it says, But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. That's Ray's life scripture. Or maybe it's your ministry life scripture. Or maybe life scripture all over, I don't know. You didn't know I knew that, did you? See, before I preach at a church, I do some investigation. <laughs> we all have an assignment. And we all have to swim in our own lane. The Bible says in Psalm 139, you saw me, God talking, before I was born every day. The psalmist talking to God. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Wow. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Somebody said to me one day, Pastor Sam, but I don't know what that is for me. I said, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Help someone else fulfill their assignment. Don't worry about your own. If you don't know what to do, help somebody else. And that's exactly what Ray did. After Bible school, he wasn't sure what God had for him. So he had an invitation to go down to Florida and be an assistant pastor for ba uh, Pastor Barry Woods. And he was down there for a couple years, I believe, and um, helped him. And that became the seedbed for Ray's calling. Helping someone else. So be real. Be authentic. 
Don't try to be someone else. Don't compare. Your gift will shine and make room for itself. The Bible says a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And his gift made room for him right here in Reading, Pennsylvania. We had a, we had a, a, a group of people here in Reading that came to worship center. And during the week, they had a Bible study in uh, Dr. Dale Gall's, the dentist, Dale Gall's house. And either my brother Dan or I, we would come and, and teach. And so when Ray felt called to come back to Reading, we introduced him to that uh, group of people. And that's really how uh, Grace started. Those group of people and Ray, Pastor Ray, started this church. And... Um, God began to bless and God began to bring people. So swim in your own lane. Keep your eye on the fence post and swim in your own lane. And number three, live and minister Caleb's way. <laughs> you might say, well, who's Caleb? Well, you remember the time when God told the children of Israel, I want you to have the land of Canaan. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. But before you go, I want you to go and spy out the land. And he sent 12, one, per, one man from each um, tribe. And I want you to go and check out the land and bring me back a report. They were gone for 40 days. They came back and they, they said, it's a great land. It flows with milk and honey. Uh, it is an amazing land. I mean, they, it was so good that grapes were so big that they had to put a cluster of grapes on a, on a stick, on a pole, <laughs> and carried between two guys. And then they said, but there's giants in that land. There's walled cities in that land. We're not going to be able to do it. We're not going to be able to do it. Caleb stood up. And the Bible says he stilled the people. He knew that their words were going to defeat them. He stood up and stilled the people. He said, we must go at once. We can take this land. He saw the same things everybody else saw. But he had a different approach. The Bible says... In Numbers 14, 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, or a different attitude, another translation says, and has followed me fully, I will bring him to the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. He saw things different than the crowd. I saw that in Pastor Ray all of his life so far. Sees things differently. A positive approach to life. That positive mindset approach to life took them into the promised land. The others died in the wilderness. All the other 10, the only ones, families that went into the land of Canaan was Caleb and Joshua. The other 10, all their families, including them, from age 20 on up, died in the wilderness. The positive approach to life in a negative world puts us above the circumstances of life. The Bible says that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That doesn't mean that we don't have trouble. It doesn't mean that we don't have situations to deal with. We all do, and we all found that out this last year. 
But we can look at it from a different perspective. When we recognize in a different posture, when we recognize where we're seated spiritually. You know, you know when everybody was complaining about everything throughout this year, I tried to keep my posture in a grateful posture. Everybody was complaining about the government, complaining about this, complaining about wearing a mask, complaining about this. I mean, it was a mess, what people were saying. And I got so tired of it, and I tried to keep my posture of giving thanks to God, remaining grateful. Well, that didn't go over very big, did it? <laughs> Somebody said to me one time when I was talking about have, having a positive approach to life, why, yeah, you just put your head in the sand. I said, no, I don't. No, I don't. I've been through more problems than you have been. Yep. But the positive approach to life, like Caleb, got him into the land of Canaan. In fact, it says in Joshua 14, this is Caleb talking. I was 40 years old when Moses, servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I, Caleb, followed the Lord my, holy followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. <laughs> Caleb talking. As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. And yet I'm as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. <laughs> I like Caleb. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him if I can have a cup of tea with him. And I want to ask him how he put up with all those complaining people for 40 years. <laughs> we are victors, not victims. We are overcomers in Jesus Christ. Do we have problems in life? Yes, we do. But we are overcomers. And we triumph through Christ. <laughs> Number four. So you keep your eye on the fence post. You swim in your own lane. You live, you minister and live like Caleb. Number five, be and remain teachable. Be teachable and remain teachable. Now, the reason I put remain in there is because sometimes when people start thinking they know more than others, they stop growing. Learn to ask questions in your life and ministry. Ray has always done this. Don't allow a know-it-all attitude to be in you. Have a servant's heart. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, <clears throat> 2 Timothy 2, again I say, the Apostle Paul talking, don't get involved in foolish, Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. 
saw that this year. Even in our own family. Our family. Oh, Pastor Sam, you have trouble with your family. Yeah! Sometimes I just want to slap him, but I have to love him, you know? I mean, one of our kids is so cautious, very, very cautious about this whole pandemic, and that's okay. And then we have another, one of our daughters, she's way over, I'm not wearing a mask, I don't care what anybody says. You know, so we have both. And so Sherlin and I are just trying to figure out, what are we going to do? Well, we're just going to have to kind of like walk down the middle and have three Christmases. That's what we did. <laughs> yep. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind. Kind to everyone. Be able to teach. Be patient with difficult people. <laughs> Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then you will come to their then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been kept captive by him to do whatever he wants. The enemy gets us in his trap when we start fussing with one another. So be and remain teachable. And number 5, treasure what matters most. Treasure what matters most. Love people. Jesus is our example. Never has anyone treasured people like he did. He said to his disciples, I'll make you fishers of men. In Matthew 4, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will show you. In the New Living Translation, he says, I will show you how to be fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Somebody told me one time, when you fish for fish, you catch something that is alive and it dies. When you fish for people, you catch something that is dead and it lives. Spiritually dead. But Jesus constantly drove this home to his disciples. It's about people. It's about loving people, restoring people, serving people, empowering people. Jesus demonstrated this in his life. He would preach to one. He would preach to thousands. Even on the most, uh, on the most difficult day of his life on the earth, hanging on the cross. He was not so much concerned about himself. He wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned about the soldiers who had just nailed him to the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was concerned about his mom. He saw his mom over by the side, and he said, somebody take care of my mother. And then the thieves, he was concerned about the two thieves, one on each side of him. One mocked him, and the other one says, remember me when you come to your kingdom today. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He treasured what matters most and stayed focused on that. He understood eternal realities. He understood time. He understood that the death rate is 100%. Only people make it to the other side. 
heaven or hell. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What is that? That's people. Where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We are sent, we, this congregation, we are sent into the harvest fields of the world, in your world, in your vocation area. We're called to go because we love people. We treasure what matters most. We're deeply concerned about getting the gospel of, to the world. We're willing to go beyond all borders. One time, Ray, Pastor Ray went uh, with me to a mission trip to Poland. Preached the gospel there. We're willing to send as a church, Grace Church, you're willing to send beyond all borders. This is the day of harvest. <laughs> this is the day of harvest. I remember harvest time on the farm, man. Everybody got involved. It was always an exciting time. We only had a couple weeks to get the harvest in. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus said, don't say there's still four months. He said, "Look, wake up, lift up your eyes, look around. The fields are already white for harvest. God has done his part by sending Jesus. And Jesus did his part by coming and redeeming mankind. And the Holy Spirit is doing his part today through, capital letters, through us. He needs us to cooperate. He needs us to have vision. He needs us to keep our eyes on the fence post. He needs us to swim in our own lane. He needs us to have a positive approach to life like Caleb did. He needs us to remain teachable and learn every day. Be Bible readers, learn. When you, read, when you are a Bible reader consistently, you're never far away from God's voice because the Bible is talking to us. I'll finish with this scripture. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, for they're already white for harvest. And that harvest is all around us, my friends. So Pastor Ray, happy 68th birthday. Let's pray. Father, I pray today for this wonderful congregation. I pray that in the coming days and weeks and months and years that you would do a great work in and through this congregation, Grace Church in Reading, Pennsylvania. I pray for Pastor Ray today and Nancy. Pray for Pastor Ray as he celebrates his 68th birthday tomorrow. Bless him. I pray that you would bless both of them spiritually and physically and mentally and emotionally and financially. Meet all of their needs. 
I pray that you would give Pastor Ray and Nancy wisdom, Pastor Rodney and Sharice wisdom as they continue to lead uh, this congregation, Grace Church. And I pray for this congregation. Lord, I pray that all, every person that considers this their home church, that everyone would put their hand to the plow and not look back. Put their hand to the plow and do the work that is ahead for this church. Thank you, Father. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise in advance for what will be accomplished. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you for listening. Happy birthday.